This is episode 21 with owner and manager of the Numbers Rockstars, Mahmoud Reza. This is Pencil Leadership. My name is Chris Anderson. And finally realizing my master's degree only taught me so much, I decided to start on a journey to learn more about what it truly means to be a pencil leader and how we can leave a positive mark on people and the world around us. So each week, I'm going to bring you a topic or a guest That will help guide us on our way to grow and leave a positive mark wherever we go. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Today we have Mahmoud Reza on the show. Mahmoud is an accountant and business rock star helping businesses make money and keep more of it. Mahmoud teaches that inspiration, perspiration, mindset, and self-care are key ingredients for success. But overall, if you don't take ownership of your numbers, your business journey is going to be precarious. If you don't look to make money, you won't make an impact, and all you've got is a hobby. Mahmood, welcome to the show today. Thank you very much, Chris. Now, after that introduction, I might engage you as my business manager. That was brilliant. (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Always inquiring new opportunities, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I'll bear that in mind. There we go. So, yeah, so glad to have you on the show today. I guess if you want to just start by uh, telling the audience just a little bit more about yourself and your background, uh, how you got to where you are today. I'll be happy to, uh, Chris. Uh, Ironically, I was reflecting on this yesterday because it was my 25th uh, business anniversary. I know you probably think I'm far too young for that, but it's 25 years (laughs) ago. So my business, if I go back actually to when I was a kid, I always had this idea in the school playground of one day doing something for myself. Didn't quite know what it would be. Didn't actually have a particular thing saying, oh, it's going to be an accountant. I think Mm. nobody in the playground says I'm going to be an accountant one day. (laughs) Right. So as circumstance, I'm I'm one of nine uh, kids. Didn't have a great deal of money uh, in terms of background, probably quite common with people from large families, very mm. little money. So you're driven and you have a hunger. So fast forward, uh, I messed up at school uh, in terms of not really sort of focusing too much on exams. Uh, obviously, that's a, a journey in itself and that's a lesson learned. Right. I left my hometown of London and went off to uh, do my first degree. Did that, thought, what am I going to do with my life? Took a year out, did lots of different things. I've always been one of gaining experiences more than money, which seems quite a weird thing, bearing in mind my background and what I do now. Mm. I went into the world of teaching, did that for about three years. And it, I don't know what it's like uh, where you are, but if you're in teaching, people have this weird notion that you can't actually do anything practical. <laughs> my, wife, my wife's a teacher. So, um, yeah, I think they say there's a quote that, uh, oh, I forget it, but it makes fun of teachers and I don't want to butcher it. But, yeah. No, I'm sure they get that. You can do those who can't teach. Yeah, that's it. Yep. (laughs) Which is very strange and really weird. So, right. I did a, I took a a risk and I thought, okay, after three years, I love the profession, love what I'm doing. So I held my nose and jumped in, jumped out of teaching. I didn't have anything to go to, which some Mm. might consider quite reckless, but that was my my risk attitude mindset. Uh, Then thought, what am I going to do? And then I managed to get a job in industry. I uh, did that for about five and a half years. Fantastic job. I worked in uh, what's called the hospitality sector, okay. effectively a brewery company that runs uh, pubs, restaurants, hotels. Worked in there, qualified as an accountant, going other experience and qualifications. And then after five and a half years, thought, okay, I love being an accountant, but I don't want to stay as an accountant for the rest of my life. What should I do next? Yep. So that sensible part of my brain kicked in and thought, well, I'll tell you what you do. Leave. 
with nothing to go to. And this is what he always talks about. So 25 years ago, yesterday, I started my own business in my back bedroom. That's awesome. That is awesome. So tell us, what is your business now? What is What have you been doing for the last 20 years? Well, Or 25 I, years, sorry. No, 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 no problem. I've moved out of my bedroom, by the way. I should just hasten to add. So up. nowadays, I run, uh, effectively, I suppose, two companies here. Uh-huh. Uh, I run an accounting firm. Uh, I suppose outside of the UK, you might call it like a CPA type. Okay. Yep. Set up. So we do the normal, you know, bread and butter stuff, transactional work. People need to know how to pay the government, what to pay the government, keeping on top of their numbers. Um, I also, because of my background, so I've managed to blend those in. Mm. So I, nowadays I do a lot of what I call uh, management account support, uh, business mentoring, uh, helping and supporting businesses. Uh, I don't do any of the real key motivational stuff, which is key but it's actually getting people to connect with their numbers, educating them. Okay. Uh, so I do lots of training courses, mentoring, um, showing people how to make money just so they can actually continue and do what they love to do there. Absolutely. So what, like, do you think people have a, a false perception of what it would be to start a business when they come to you or like, what do they maybe not realize when they're starting? That's, that's a great question, uh, Chris. I think because of, I don't know if it's because of reality TV programs or what we see on the internet. And there's always this, I think, false notion, probably more so the last 10, 15 years, that people have a perception that literally you can spend 20 minutes on something and suddenly you're an overnight success. <laughs> uh, so I know for yourself, you've got a wonderful aspiration of mm-hmm. impacting on a million lives yeah. And to do that, that's a fantastic goal, but it's going to take sweat and perspiration to get to that stage. And I think people expect that overnight success. Anyone I know who's been successful has either been born into royalty or money mm-hmm. or have actually had to put lots of years of sweat and that overnight success has been many years in the making. Yep. I think other things as well, it's basic business principles over the decades, and I can even go back centuries. Uh, technology has changed things here, but those basic principles about planning, keeping an eye on your numbers, yep. self-belief, well-being. Uh, I think when you transition from the world of work or if it's your first foray into entrepreneurship, suddenly you don't realize you've got to do about 10, 15 jobs at the same time. So mentoring, sure, you've got to be your own HR department, customer service, marketing team, business team, deliver the work. Yep. And you know that's a massive shock to the system, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think definitely people aren't, they don't realize the the work it actually takes to even just get it started, let alone keep it running uh, and to even grow it. So, but I, I know you, you've mentioned multiple times, like knowing their numbers, knowing uh, that, what, explain that a little bit, um, what you mean by that. I, th- I think in terms of, in terms of whatever business that you choose, and I do, uh, I've been involved, for example, in social enterprises and the charity world for about 35 years as both as a volunteer advisor and everything else. Awesome. And so for me, a business is a business. It doesn't yep. matter what your purpose is, whether it's a charitable-based organization, you know, business is business. Yep. What changes, though, is probably your value culture system. So for me, numbers, predominantly, whatever business you're in, your job, and I think your responsibility to those who work with you and the clients that you serve is to make money. And by yep. money, I mean make a profit. How you make that profit is obviously a different conversation. So mm-hmm. your values, your culture, how you share that profit, what you do with that is, is you know, it's a, it's a conversation you need to have. But fundamentally, if you don't have your business structured to actually make a return to get more money coming back in than going out, 
you won't survive. I know you said very beautifully in the introduction, you've got nothing more than a hobby, mm. but you won't be sustainable. And what that happens is if you do fail, which a lot of businesses unfortunately do, that means those who rely on you, those who depend on you, yep. those who interact with you are going to get their fingers burnt and suffer the pain as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the cool thing. So like, I'm obviously in this venture at the beginning and, and doing it by myself. And, but I, I'm looking forward so much to be able to grow it to a position where I can then have the resources, the income, the, the money coming in to be able to support other people that might be working for me. And that's just sure. a really cool thought. Like knowing that there, I could provide a job for someone that can support their family kind of thing. And so that's kind of one of the, one of the driving forces of it. But do you, do you notice when you coach or mentor people that they have a struggle with like, why it's not all about the money. I just want to help others, but 100%. I still need the money to survive kind of thing. hundred percent. And I'll give you a couple of good examples here, mm-hmm. Chris. Um, I think some people think it's quite vulgar to talk about money. And I, mm. let me, let me emphasize this thing. If you do a business predominantly say money is my only rationale and objective, for me, that's not really a, uh, you know, everyone has their own look of the world, but that's not what I'm talking about. Right. What it means is you've got to be very, you've got to try and get comfortable with talking about money. And I'll give you a couple of good examples. Yeah. So I know lots of people, for example, who do great work, deliver a good work, d- deliver on time, satisfy their customers, whatever their field they're in. And then that customer, for whatever res- reason, if they don't talk to them, disrespects them by actually not paying their bills on time. Mm-hmm. And they feel very frightened to have mm-hmm. that conversation with that customer and say, come on, look, I, I did something good for you. I did what you asked me to. You've got no issue with what I've done, mm-hmm. but you're actually not paying your bill on time. Um, and what that means is not being able to have that conversation. There are different ways you can have it, by the way, is it means that they will suffer there as well. And I think very people are very scared or wary or cautious about even talking about numbers. And mm. I think it's good reason. Uh, the subject can be quite boring. Uh, you can lose the will to live. You want to stab your eyes out with a pencil, perhaps, and rather talk about numbers. So I get that. Uh, some people think that if I talk about money, people don't think that I'm actually doing anything worthwhile. Mm. But the money is the support mechanism to keep doing what you do. And I think we've just got to get more comfortable and more conscious about money and the part it plays. It's not the yeah. reason for doing something, right. but it's, it's an element that's needed to help you do what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like a saying I've heard it goes, um, if you want to feed hungry people, you're going to have to have the capital, the numbers, the money to sure. buy that food to give them. So like the resources are super important to to obtain so you can do more um, if that's truly your goal. And so, yeah, I think numbers are a big thing to, to think about and talk about. So you can have those resources to extend to others uh, and be able to make a bigger impact because I mean, unfortunately it all everything really revolves around money and so you have to have it to be able to to do more things or support other people exactly i mean chris if you don't mind actually i mean when i was looking at your own website Mm. uh, and i can probably draw a parallel from 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 your own space there um Mm -hmm. if you uh have a mission to impact positively people's lives Mm -hmm. if you want well-being to be an element of people's lives here if you don't look after yourself and if you don't have well-being for yourself Right, you're really not going to be much good for anybody else. So exactly. I think you're you're a perfect illustration of maybe not in the money world, but actually saying my well-being is important to me. Yep. And if I if I'm centered, if I'm a hundred percent, 
then I can actually do more to help others as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just goes back to that. We have to fill ourselves. We have to be a full cup to be able to pour into other people's lives in a positive way. And yeah. Um, and I like so that. It, I'm going to steal that one if you don't yeah, mind. No, that's fine. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, so, but so how would you, you lead someone or direct someone who's trying, who might have an idea for a business or might be just starting to kind of really monetize or grow that numbers um, to be able to help more people? Okay. That's a superb question. Um, I'll, I'll be a bit blunt here. And one oh, of the yeah. things that people uh, embrace, uh, like about me, or maybe not like about me, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big believer in sort of what I call waffle. So All for right. example, as far as the idea is concerned, yeah. ideas are cheap. They're 10 a penny. Um, lots of us come up with brilliant ideas. The idea is important, certainly, but that's not the thing that will make you a business there as well. Mm. Uh, and there's an old uh, phrase I've come across that says, effectively, a goal without a plan is just a wish. Yep. And it's a similar thing for an idea. So if I was doing it, so let's say, for example, you're employed, you're studying, you're at home, and you've got an idea for something. If you, t I would certainly, first of all, test it and mm. do a little bit of what I call market research. Now, I don't mean employing armies of people with clipboards and going out. Right. But an idea for a product or for a service, stress test it. So ask people whose opinions you trust. Mm. Go out and actually do it on a micro scale. You know, actually, mm -hmm. you know, whether you want to set up a Facebook page or social media page, there are other, obviously social media platforms out there. Um, and actually see, is somebody willing to pay you money for it? Uh, mm -hmm. The idea in your head may not be the one that people buy into. Mm. Other things I would do, a lot of people make mistakes quite naturally because they're very wrapped up in the idea and they become very product focused. They think, this is a great idea. But if you don't think customer, I and mean, all of us buy things of varying descriptions, and a lot of people miss miss out on that idea. If I put my shirts in the shoes of a, a customer, the person who's likely to exchange with me, like me, and say, yes, I will give you some money, mm -hmm. then you've got something that's quite flawed. So a bit of stress testing. Okay. Uh, certainly planning, by the way. So yeah. effectively, I'm a big believer of planning. Not a plan as a document, but a mindset of thinking through how yeah. do I actually get to that sort of end destination. Okay. Awesome. That make, I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh no, yeah, absolutely. I think it's good to have like the, the plan out, like what you need to do and then how it's going to come into fruition and then yeah, test it. Like <laughs> will people even respond positively to this idea? Sure. Um, and I know, yeah, you could do like an AB test and do, do two different types of the same thing, but tweak it a little bit. So no, I think those are all really good ways to see like okay is this going to be worth it or like is this going to be actually uh, a benefit out there um but kind of going back with that so yeah. once we have the idea and once we start growing the business or growing our product whatever it might be that someone's running with how and we talked about like some people are nervous talking about numbers but how when we are we're, we get comfortable with that yeah how do we balance the need for that money um, and then the want to serve others. Okay. I think I would probably, for me, it all starts with the story. Mm, yeah. What's the story of your business? So let me just draw a little parallel. So uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been on vacation on holiday recently, but if you think about if you are planning to go away this year, mm -hmm. you've got a, a probably thinking, okay, I might want to go and travel, let's say for argument's sake, to Europe, somewhere in Canada or whatever. Uh, that's your destination. And then you're going to be thinking of, about the story that how are you going to get to that end point there as well. So if I draw that parallel, that in your business, your destination is your goal. 
Mm. Again, I would typically say look at a six-month, 12-month, and then work backwards to break it down into what I call more meaningful objectives. So if I, again, if you don't mind taking your... Oh, that's fine. This is my example. Your goal is -hmm. well-defined, by the way. So you've got a number, you can measure it, and it's a million lives to impact. The next thing would be to translate that into the footprints. You know, what's the journey involved for me to get that one million lives impacted there as well? Yeah. So if you've got that, I would say typically I would look at things in a 12, maybe six-month milestone. Mm. Take it backwards and say, what's the story? How do I actually get to my end point? And it's not just saying, oh, I'm going to do social media. I'm going to do X. That's too too waffly. That's too broad. Mm. Break it down into something that says, actually, what that means is I'm going to get a certain number of followers by X, a certain number of people I engage with by Y, and some of those people I'm going to have conversations with who are actually going to get in interest and buy something. Mm. So if you've got that storyline and you've got that cash flow coming in yeah. and you've got that money coming in and you've got you built your business store that people come in, have a look around, say, I want to take some of this and put it in my bag. I want to take some of this, put it in my bag. If you've got that money coming in, the cash flow, and you're not using all your savings to sustain your business, then you can think, ultimately, I have defined a goal that actually says when this money comes in, these are the services that I'm going to provide. This mm. is the impact I do. But if you don't, I suppose, equate your de- your journey plan, yeah. your objectives with the money that needs to support that, then you know, you're going to find it very difficult to, to do anything meaningful. Yeah. And, and I think that's super important. Yeah. To have the, the reverse engineering of your end goal. Perfect to way. See, yeah. yeah. To see what you have to do along the way. Um, and it's just, yeah, you'll see how important it is to have those resources to be able to, to maybe take the load off of you to have, to be able to pay someone else to do things or to increase the quality, um, all to better serve the people you're trying to help. And so, um, I think that's a really good way to look at it and a really good way to go about it, um, is to, to see the end goal and then work backwards. Um, and I know this kind of goes with our pencil leadership trait questions, but I think okay. it's important to to find people uh, like yourself who are mentors and coaches in different areas of business. So, but you personally, have you ever had someone who's impacted your journey um, and helped you get to where you are today in business? Um, that's an interesting question. When, when I was thinking about that, Chris, mm. if I, for myself, I'm not saying I'm the perfect example of what to do so for myself i've always because of my sort of family background because of coming from a large family my brothers and sisters have done it all extremely well for themselves so we came from actually pretty little yeah uh, and everybody has actually in their own professions from law finance accounting uh medicine and all the rest of it they've all gone their own paths and done Mm -hmm. very successfully so those are if you want the inspirations for me what my other brothers and sisters have achieved Mm. in a business context I've always been a very sort of, I wouldn't say a lonely wolf here. Uh-huh. I've taken on board uh, and I've actually just literally gone by what's in my head, which means that I've actually made big mistakes. I've done <laughs> things. If I had my time again, perhaps, you know, I might actually look for somebody to support me in that business journey. Obviously, my wife is a great support. Mm. She's involved in the business as well. Uh, she's joined me in the last 12, 13 years. But fundamentally, I've not really tapped into until more recently uh, asking for other people's support in terms of collaborations, in terms of coaching and mentoring. So I pretty much, whether it's stubbornness, stupidity, whatever, <laughs> I've just done my own thing. I, I would certainly recommend anybody else doing that uh, 
starting their business, look for somebody that you can trust and have confidence mm. in. Look for somebody who doesn't sell snake oil. Mm. Look for somebody that actually has got some credibility behind them. But ultimately, know your own mind and know what you actually want to achieve here. Because a lot of us can get sucked into schemes where somebody says, you know, pay us a big chunk of money mm. and we, you can double your turnover. There's a lot of sharks swimming in those waters there. And you have to be very careful. So for me personally, probably no one individual. It's probably most of my family. Yeah, and no, my that's awesome. sisters have been that inspiration for me. That's really awesome. That's cool that you've all kind of taken your own path and been successful. Um, but you kind of mentioned it. Has there, so this is kind of like goes with the second uh, question with pencil leadership, but besides maybe not having a mentor, has there ever been a really hard time you've went through or a mistake you've made that was a really rough spot, but looking back on it now, um, positive came from it and helped you actually grow into to the businessman you are today. I love, I love the speed and the way you put that, Chris. I think that's perfectly true. So I have learned to, you know, uh, things from would say I've made plenty. Um, and I'm, you might think, why, why in the mood would you confess to that? Because I think any successful person here, if they say they haven't made mistakes along their journey path, it's lying. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, I've made massive mistakes. In my early days, um, I trusted too many people. And you've got to be careful here. Is I think you've got to trust people, but they've got to earn that trust. Mm. So I've actually given extended credit terms to people before they pay their bills. More so on ignoring my own systems, ignoring my own processes, thinking, yeah. actually, you know, I think you've got a hard time, blah, blah, blah. I'm believing what you're telling me. And they've just basically not honored their commitments mm. and I've lost financially. Now, you'd think I'd learned from that more recently in the last couple of years. Similar sort of situation. I ignored the advice of my own credit control team. I ignored my own systems and processes and mm -hmm. thought, I'll cut you some slack. And I got my fingers burnt very big. Now, no. luckily, I managed to survive that because I've always been a, a hard worker. And, you know, I, I will find ways to make it work. Right. Uh, I've made bad business decisions. I've made bad investments in terms of advertising campaigns. So I know now know what to do, not what yeah. to do. Um, and I think it's part and parcel of it, but I think you put it really well. If you make a mistake, don't keep repeating, obviously. You've got to be mm. able to say, okay, don't let my own arrogance says, actually, I'm not going to learn from this. Yeah. If you don't have a mirror to yourself and actually don't take any of those lessons here, you're basically going to, be doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past. Does it mean I'll never make mistakes again? Certainly not. I'm, I reckon I'm not planning to, but <laughs> I will carry on making mistakes. But that's yeah. how you learn, isn't it? You yeah. learn by being aware, listening to other people. Yeah. But what it means is I make less of those mistakes. Mm. Just different ones now, right? No, yeah, I'm just correct. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's perfect. Yeah, I, and we all make mistakes. Yeah, someone who says they don't make mistakes, I'm just... I, don't, I couldn't see someone saying that, but I'm sure there's someone who believes that out there and yeah, I'll just stay clear of them. But um, so overall, I mean, you're doing a lot of good trying to help people with their businesses, with their, their money. Um, but after everything is done here on earth for you, um, what positive mark do you want people to be able to see from your life? Now you might find this really quite strange. Actually, I always have this, it probably sounds quite morbid to people. <laughs> I remember listening on a radio show many years ago and they were giving an, a eulogy and a tribute to somebody's funeral. And I was thinking, mm. do you know what? That's a great way to look at your life, to think if, in your funeral, if you could sit above and actually see what people are actually genuinely saying about you, mm -hmm. what 
they actually generally say about you here. And I'd like to think that probably two or three things. One, I made an impact of some description, hopefully po a positive impact, mm -hmm. however small or big, and, it, and somebody actually benefited from that. Number two, I, I like actually help. I like making money, by the way, so don't get me wrong with that one. Right. I'm helping people. And I like people to benefit from there. And thirdly, humour. If people have actually mm. enjoyed the engagement and they've actually, you know, uh, felt a positive vibe towards that, then you know, I think my life on this earth has been well spent. Absolutely. I think that's great. And I think that the last one, especially the humor is you got to have some sort of humor, I think, to get through a lot of things in life. And so that was that's a cool thing um, that I haven't heard very often from people, but still a really powerful, powerful thing to to have and to leave. Um, but Mahmoud, thank you again so much for being on the show. I, before you go, I'd love for you to just let everybody know how they can reach you, how they can get connected with you or anything you have going on that you want to share. Uh, that's really generous of you, Chris. Yeah. So I would say the normal things here, um, mm -hmm. uh, obviously your website links here. Uh, I'm not sure if you, I'm sure you're going to publish them in your show notes, whatever, proactiveresolutions.com. Uh, I hang out in uh, pretty much most of the social media haunts there. So you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me mm. on uh, Instagram. Uh, you're probably going to suffer from the dancing videos I do with my wife. Here's some <laughs> of weekly blog. Uh, you can connect with me on that one. Um, I'm doing all those grown-up things like mating lists later on, but Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, I hang out in those spaces. There aren't many Mahmood Rezzers that hang out that like me from the UK. Um <laughs> If anybody gets any benefit from the show, wants to hear more, I'm more than happy. If they want to drop me a line, I'll do my best. And I'd just like to say thank you very much for inviting me on your show. And I hope your listeners get something really positive out of our conversation. No problem. Thank you so much for being here. We really enjoy it and uh, are excited to share this information with everybody. Perfect. Chris, listen, have a great day. Thanks very much for inviting me and have a beautiful Sunday. Thank you. You as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed it, share this with someone else and make a positive impact on their life. Also, head on over and leave a five-star rating if you liked anything you heard today. And let me know what you think so I can make this show better for you in the future. And go ahead and connect with me on Instagram at chris.t.anderson. Love to hear from you. Now let's go out and make a difference as pencil leaders.